following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Almost don't know what to do with myself this week. One game instead of five is that for the last two weeks. Yeah, we've we've really done a lot of games <laughs> recently. Yep, and we wanted a road trip, and we got it as we get to go to Baraboo. Yay! Man, the dungeon that that seriously. Place is. Like I tried explaining this to people at the radio station, and how we'll have to take a picture. Yeah, the bowl is like. Stone steps that you would have seen in the Colosseum in Gladiator. And those act as basically your chairs. Is that what it was? I can't, I'm pretty sure okay, it was. Because I don't fully remember. I remember we were in an old balcony. Because we were in two gyms that were not great. Sock Prairie yeah. and then Baraboo. And I think Baraboo has these little stone steps as the seating. All right, well, we'll have to find out. I don't. But, hey, we wanted road trips. Now we got it. So... Um, yes, with our busy high school schedule, we were afforded uh, an off week for the intentional foul. And it's been nice because now we've let some things kind of pile up and we can actually talk about some stuff. Because you kind of pointed out, it's right now before the exhibition baseball season gets going and, and the you know opening day and stuff, you're really in dog days of basketball. Mm-hmm. There's just not like... The amount you're, of stuff you're waiting for the tournament. Yes, you know the NBA is getting close to the All Star break. The amount of stuff I had to talk about on Monday morning compared to Tuesday morning. Yeah, it was like night and day. Like I scrambled to find content. There's just nothing happening on a daily. Like the weekend has all this stuff, and then you get to the weekend, it's like sporadic game here or there. I mean, the Badgers are off for six days. Yeah, that's that was a little strange to see that how that played out. Yeah, I I, I don't understand. Considering that all the pauses that all these teams have had, right? Where Nebraska had to play eight games or uh, five games, six games in eight days or something yeah. like that. But all right, so we're back. We got a lot of stuff. The breaking news today was uh, Tiger Woods within the last couple hours, apparently in a one car rollover crash, and I, I didn't follow along. You kind of told me his injuries. Yeah, um, they, they said a compound fracture of one of his legs. I didn't hear right or left, and a shattered ankle on the same leg. So, not good. No, they didn't say, you know, not life-threatening. They had to do Jaws of Life, and he wasn't showing any signs of impairment. Um, maybe he was just speeding, lost control of his vehicle, and I guess that's what happened. But you've got the people immediately who already all talk about, well, he's not going to be able to return to the tour, and he's not going to be able to win. And I'm like, how about you just concentrate on getting him back walking first? Yeah, no kidding. Let alone swinging a golf club. I mean, he couldn't do that right now because he had just had back surgery. Yeah, well, and it'll be interesting to see because, you know, they're going to investigate the circumstances. Of course. And, I mean, I saw I, – I had seen this morning – on Twitter, a picture of him and David Spade in a golf cart from yesterday. Okay. And then my dad said he had seen a picture somewhere of Woods and Dwayne Wade in a golf cart. I saw that. So then I saw later that he was, it was those two guys and somebody else I can't remember and Tiger, and they were shooting promos. 
So I can only imagine maybe promos for an upcoming tournament or something. Well, or... he was just host of the Genesis, correct? Correct, yes. yeah. So that happened yesterday, and apparently what I've heard is he was going to round two of that today, this morning, because the crash happened at like 7.30 West Coast time this morning. Okay. So it was early. Wow. And it just came out within the last couple hours. He was also interviewed on Sunday, and there were some people that have been saying that he didn't look great. And he was a little glassy-eyed and maybe was pain under killer some painkiller stuff. stuff, which is understandable if you've had your back cut. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. So it. was that a factor today is, I guess, the roundabout way of me getting to that. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was, but right. if it was, it wouldn't be a shocker. No, and I, so, it's, but I'm not also going to vilify the guy no. for it. I mean, thankfully, it was a one-car deal. He right. had nobody with him. You know, if yes. the worst he gets is a couple of breaks. I mean, when I saw the picture of his vehicle, oh, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, that, that kind of hit home. Jaws of life oh, yeah. to get him out. Been there. Yep, Oof. absolutely. So we'll we'll see, and by the time we uh, talk next week, whether we have anything more on the uh, Tiger Woods situation, we've got uh, some more uh, stuff on the NBA. the The All Star game is coming together. The reserves were just announced. Um, college hoops. We'll talk about bracketology coming up, and then baseball in spring training. A monster, monster deal in the Brewers with uh, with a couple of things as well, and then we'll wrap up with. Uh, with some other stuff concerning the game of basketball, um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. A couple of things, just some notes from the NFL. Packers free up some salary cap space, I think just over $10 bucks. Not surprising. They signed Christian Kirksey because he was a student of Mike Pettin's defense in Cleveland when he was there, and I think he was due $6 million or something like that uh, to count against the cap, so they released him. And then Rick Wagner, which was a really, really good in-season pickup considering the the stuff that they lost along the offensive line and he stepped in and he did it he did a fine job for him he was due I think four and a quarter a million to count against the cap uh so they freed some of that I mean the Packers were going to be I think I saw 23 24 million above so this isn't by any means done um but this is just a couple of things that not not surprising they have a couple of good inside linebackers they like and their line's been pretty good and if guys come back from injuries you know they've re-signed some guys they've drafted some guys the Wagner thing is not surprising either is Kevin King a free agent oh yeah oh he is okay oh yeah okay I didn't know if that was something they were going to have to no. make a decision and people on are or... excited about that yeah yes well I mean they don't have a lot of depth at that position though not so particularly. I mean you would probably be looking at maybe a first round or a second round pick as for a corner, right? Somebody talked about signing, and I don't know what team he played for. I think it was the Panthers. Trey Boston was it? A, he's a safety. Okay, um, has very. He would be affordable. He'd be a good plug and play, and that would be that would afford you to minimize the the depth issue that you have at corner for a pickup. Otherwise, you're right. They're going to have to try and either find somebody from the bargain bin or a draft, and and get some decent playing time for his rookie season. But you're right, that's – that's, and I was just – I wasn't arguing. I may do that a little bit later, but I just responded to one of the guys at work. I, You know, I really wish we should – Packers would get it over with and franchise tag Aaron Jones and then sign J.J. Watt. <laughs> and I just went – Guess money doesn't matter, right? Right. I was like, blank, what? Blank check. What? I, no, I, I'm, I'm not. And I was – and he goes, which part? I'm like, you're not – I'm not paying – Top three, top five money for a running back when in LaFleur's offense, they can seem to be right now in two years fairly interchangeable. I'm not saying Jones 
is Jones is pretty damn good. He is, and I'm not saying he's easily easily replaceable. But when you have the salary cap problems that they have, the last thing you want to do is pay top three, top five position money for a running back, right? Even if it's, and he had pointed out, it's the cheapest of the position group right now in the league. That's fine. I don't care. But you're still making him one of the highest paid at his position for one year. I don't want to do that. You got bigger problems. That's that's not what you know. Right. I just don't want to do that. Sure. You know, you have A.J. Dillon. You can probably draft somebody. You can probably sign somebody for far less money. So the idea of just giving him all this money Instead of signing him for a long-term deal, why would you pay him that much for just one year? Well, the you would do it if you think next year you're going to win the Super Bowl. Right, just to prolong this mm-hmm. window yep. and keep the guys that you have. I understand that, but I just think there's other areas where you can use that money. Well, it's interesting. I heard today that the Packers are the only team in the last 10 years to oh, not yeah. use the franchise tag. Nope. Not interested. So, and, and I don't know whether that's a Thompson, now transferred to Goody thing. I think that's a lack of having an owner thing, man. Really? Yeah. I, I just think the overall... Is that abil- good or bad? I think it's... I think in some things it can be good, but I think in when it comes to the willingness to go a, maybe somewhere that makes you a little uncomfortable For as, sure. as a front office, they don't have a guy pushing them. There's nobody pushing them. See, when you when you mentioned like franchise tag in the same breath as an owner, it just the immediate name I think of is Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. where he would say as general manager, and he doesn't have anybody he report to. He calls the shots. He could do whatever, but he'd be the type where I think of like I like that guy. I want to keep him, even if we can't sign him long term. I'm going to pay him a shitload of money because I like him. Okay, well that might not be the best for your football team, but that's more of a. I like him more than I can get my maximum usage out of him for the money that I'm paying him. You know what I mean? Well, sure. And I, I, think, I think there's a line there. I'm not even necessarily talking about the franchise tag in particular. I'm just saying, like, I, I just always go back to the, the, two, the, the two things that the Packers screwed up the most in the last 15 years <laughs> is that they didn't do was trade for Randy Moss and go get Marshawn Lynch when your quarterback was asking you, two separate quarterbacks, two separate times to go get this guy, and you didn't want to do it because it made you uncomfortable. You knew that those guys came with some baggage and you were going to have to pay them, and you didn't want to do that. And it probably cost the Packers a couple of opportunities to to win Super Bowls. Um, I think if you have an aggressive owner, Rams owner, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, the guys that own the Giants, the Steelers, even Tampa, with what they did last year. I think if you have that guy that's like, get it done. Just, you know, don't worry about me paying a little more for it. Get it done. I'm not going to hold you accountable. Packers don't have that. But which is funny because it's not like they're they're held in check by anybody either. So it's like they don't have an owner to answer to. Well, they to. have their board, right? Well, well okay, but... I mean, that's, so, that's, I guess that's their owner, but... What are those meetings like if they're going to debate players? How much how much well, brains can, can are in they, that room? I mean, who hires and fires Mark Murphy? I think it's the board. So I guess that's who he has to answer to, but again, now you're talking multiple people. There's no one... There's never going to be one consensus whenever you have a board. 
It's never going to be nine to nothing. That's what I mean. You know, so, so it's like you're going to debate personnel moves to go tell your president to go tell your GM to go get player X. No, you're not. Not under the situation. That's they what have. I mean. If, but if you had an owner and you had one guy that was telling your president to tell your GM to go get him, that's what I think the Packers have been missing over the last 15 years and not making some of these moves. So then I guess that would lead me to believe that Goody would almost have carte blanche to do whatever he wants and go tell Murphy, like, hey, um, this might be the non-Green Bay way for the last 15 years, but I'm going to go do this. It'll be a little weird, but we're going to see if we can make it work. And Murphy basically is just going to have to go, okay. Well, no, he'd have to go to the board. Do they, do they need approval every time that that happens? To I'm, make a big move? I would think so. Okay. I would think so. Maybe I'll I'll email Wildy and I'll ask him just how the that hierarchy yeah. kind of works. Like, let's if say, you don't if you don't have to run it by, then what is the board for? That's what I mean. Like, you're not you're not beholden to anybody. You could basically just do what you want. You know, it's not like the stockholders are going to cry foul. I mean, they've been doing that, and what difference has that made? Mm-hmm. None. Right. You have your shareholder meeting every year, and what happens? You get a little cute Q and A and a video presentation, and everybody goes about their business. It's not like it changes anything. True. So, uh, anyway, that's enough of that. Um, Carson Wentz has got a new team, goes to Indianapolis. Man, they got him on the cheap. Yeah, they did. Big I think, time on uh, the cheap. I've always been uh, a Carson Wentz fan, I guess you'd say. I think he's I think he's a good player. I think, I think the circumstances in Philly just got fucked up, man. I mean, the, the stuff's coming out now that, you know, now that he's gone, you know, all the leaks come out. He and Peterson didn't talk for the, a month and a half. He or couldn't it was. handle competition and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, think about it this way. Like, he's the MVP of the league, what, three years ago, whenever they won, four years ago, whenever it was they won the Super Bowl, through like the first 12 weeks of the season, and he blows his knee out on a quarterback sneak at the goal line. Nick Foles comes in, and they go on, and they win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, that's not totally unprecedented. It's happened before. But then there was a quarterback controversy because of it. And the fans wanted the guy that won the Super Bowl, and the organization wanted the franchise guy. So you had to deal with that. And then you win out in that. They're like, okay, we're going to get rid of Foles. They get rid of Foles. Then they draft Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, and it wasn't like they drafted him in the sixth round. They drafted him in the second round. I mean, if you're going to spend a first or second round pick on a quarterback, you're probably hoping that at some point he's going to play because that's a lot of capital to use on a guy that's not going to play. 100%. So why would he not be looking over his shoulder? And if he's not getting along with the head coach... I don't know what exactly he's supposed to do. I think the Colts got a steal. I think people forget that when Philadelphia won that Super Bowl and when Carson Wentz was at his best, the guy calling the plays was Frank Reich, who is the coach in Indianapolis. And that's a good team. Right I mean, now, Phil Rivers a- was very mediocre last year, and that team won, I think, nine games and really put a scare into Buffalo in the playoffs. They have a good defense. They have three quality running backs. One of each could probably start for a number of teams. Solid wideouts. In the league. Solid wideouts. Decent tight tight ends. ends. So, So, yeah. 
and and you're not you're giving up a third, and he's got to play seventy five percent of the offensive snaps for the conditional second to turn into a first. Well, if you're good and you're in the top quarter of the league, what's that first rounder going to get you anyway? Not much. Well, and you're in a division with the Jaguars who suck and are going to suck whether they get Lawrence or not. They're going to suck. Oh, come on, Urban Meyer's going to take. You're him. you got Houston who's a, just a debacle, and you've got a Titans team that. Is okay. They have a terrible defense, and they have Derrick Henry, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah. So I I think that, uh, that that division looks like it's theirs for the time being. I'm surprised when I heard. I was surprised to hear the Bears never called on Carson Wentz because they did it, not it, at all. That's it was reported a couple of weeks ago that they were it was about to happen. Then Schefter, I think it was Schefter or Moore, one of the two, reported the Bears never even called Philly. Which is weird, especially considering what they only what they would have had to give up, which was not a lot, right? But I don't know. I mean, is is it a, is there a Sam Darnold trade they're waiting? Are they waiting for draft day to try to pull something off? Because I don't think people have said what about Watson to the Bears, but the Bears don't have enough to get Watson, and I don't think Houston's trading him anyway. It just why you just signed him. Right. Why would you you can't get equal value? The the management and the team wants him to be there more than he wants to be well, there. Well, that's fine, but you're under contract. This ain't the NBA, man. Well, you can't you can't do what James Harden did and come in fat and just and dog trade, it yeah. and force a trade. Because if you dog it in football, you get your neck broke. You can't dog it in football. You can hold out. That's what I was gonna but say. What are you holding out for? Them to get rid of you. Well I mean you can. It's been done. That would be kind of stupid. Well, it usually doesn't work out well for the player. When generally that not. Generally so. not. But everybody thinks they can rewrite that rule. Yeah. Um, did you see the video of the of this of this camp with Cam Newton and the kid? Because I didn't I did. watch it because I don't care. I did. But from what I can tell, everybody jumped on Cam. Then everybody jumped on the kid, and then the kid apologized. And I, I, I break it down for me, I guess. Well, it was it. I don't know if it was Cam's okay. camp or if Cam was at quarterback camp or something but he was there working with some kids and i guess this is something that he does like he's very charitable with his time and giving back to the kids and stuff and there was i think they were like 15 16 17 year old high school kids most of them were black i think all of them were black from what i saw and this one kid just starts talking shit to cam talking about how he's washed up and he's a free agent and nobody wants him and and, like, Cam Newton, like, you could tell he was, I think at first he thought the kid was joking around because that's where Cam responded, I'm rich, which was a really stupid thing for him to say, but I think I think he was thought he was screwing around. Right. But then the kid kept going at him, and then Cam was like, where's your dad? I want to talk to your dad. And the kid just kept going at him, and Cam just kept saying, "Where's your dad?" Which I, which I kind of took to mean like, "What the fuck are you doing, kid? Like, you think I have to be here? Right? Like, I'm here to help you. Right? Why? Why am I getting, getting the grief when I'm not getting paid for this? Probably. And you've paid to be here, and you're gonna. Like, you give me shit? Well, and it's like, if we, and I know you don't like Cam Newton, and I don't particularly care for the guy either. I, but I don't it's dislike like, him, but I just but it's like, see how he acts. He's one of Heisman. 
Yes. He's won a national title. Yep. He's won an NFL MVP, and he started in the Super Bowl. He's got some credentials. He's got some credentials. Whether you think he's good, quote-unquote good or not, his resume is pretty damn impressive. Right, and you want to come at him. So this kid's coming at him, and, you know, it's one of those things where he knows he's getting videoed. He knows it's going to go up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, whatever 16-year-olds use now, <laughs> Snap, yes. chat, face, whatever fucking shit it is. <laughs> So it's all about the clout chase. Yes. And then he and then he obviously got called out by some adults in his life, whether it was his coach or his parents or whatever, and issued the, you know, the Facebook Twitter apology so everybody can see. You know, that's like how about you call the camp director and see if you can get in touch with Cam privately and say, "Hey man, that I I don't know why I did that." Why do you got to put it out for the world so everybody can go, see, he really, he's really a good boy, and he really so, thinks the world of Cam, and he was just he, messing around. Now he's got twice the attention. Right. He's got it once with the video because he knows he's doing dumb shit, and then he gets crushed, and now he gets twice the attention because of the apology. So, to me, the kid won in this situation because yeah. he got what he wanted. He got all the attention. And even though he looks like a clown, people are still going to come up to him and be like, saw you on the internet. Well, and, and the kids are going to be like, yeah, you did. And it was funny. I heard some people and read some stuff like, you know, oh, you know, recruiters are going to see that. And college, they don't give a shit. They just care if you can play. You going to help me win games? Right. Come on over. Yep. See what these coaches make? How much? You don't make that when you lose. You think that kid's got any more of a checkered past than some of these other kids that get recruited because he had a verbal spat with Cam Newton on a sideline, which was all probably premeditated on his part. Didn't Cam get kicked out of Florida for stealing laptops? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, everybody's and, got their checkered past. And you're going to stay Nobody away cares. from them because yeah. of that? Nobody cares. Talent rules. Give me a break. No. We see that in the, even with these high school games, man. Talent rules. All right. could be a shithead and nobody will say anything. Right. So, all right, that's you got anything else in the NFL? That's that's kind of it. Uh, we can move to the NBA. You can uh, take over for uh, a, a lot of this stuff. I've been kind of monitoring the Bucks a little well, bit. Well, we've I missed mean, a lot because yes. we've been doing so many damn games. That's true. And you're kind of set up to watch them tonight once we finish uh, this. So I, I know they've got Minnesota tonight. Brand new coach, Raptors assistants. They fired their dude. Um, by the way, Saunders, mm -hmm. related to Flip? His son. Yes. It is. Yes. Okay. Ryan, yep. I yep. think it is. Mm -hmm. So he got canned on Sunday. They got this guy over from the Raptors on Monday, and now he's making his coaching debut with the T Wolves tonight. And they're a league worst, 7 and 25, I think, mm -hmm. 3 and 13 on the road. But they've had injuries and COVID issues with a lot of their good players. If they were 100% healthy, would they be better than what they are? Or they just they'd be a little bit better. Okay, yeah, they'd be a little bit better. But I mean, Minnesota is probably one of the three or four worst, worst run organizations in the league. Okay, they got a they're small market. Um, they got an owner that doesn't spend a ton of money. He's old. I think he's trying to sell. Um, so yeah, they're kind okay. of a mess. But right. um, eighteen and thirteen, third in the East. Um, had a five game losing streak. Uh, they they had that big win out in Denver about two weeks ago now. Yeah, they, they had a six-game road trip, won their first three, lost their next three. Yeah. And then tacked on a couple of home losses. And uh, after winning in Denver, I was like, wow, okay, maybe they're turning the corner a little bit. And that was without that was the first game without Drew Holiday. Um, then they lost the next five. They lost by one to Phoenix where they blew a, blew a pretty good lead. <laughs> 
excuse me, um, lost to a very hot Utah team, which I is t- totally understandable. Then on a Sunday afternoon, they lost to a pretty mediocre Oklahoma City team by five. They blew another big lead. Then went home and played a two-game series, two games in three days against the Raptors and lost both of those 124-113, 110-96. When they lost the second game, I was 50% expecting that I would read in the Journal Sentinel the next day that Budenholder had been fired. Really? But after I thought about it, now he's not going to probably get fired until the end of the year. I don't think they're going to do it during the season. Um, Bucks rebounded a little bit. Then they came back. They beat OKC, and they beat Sacramento the other night. Um, like you said, they got the T-Wolves tonight. They got the Pelicans Thursday, so Zion comes to town. Um, they have the Clippers on Sunday. So a couple, couple of uh, tough games heading toward the weekend. But Middleton said it the other night. I think it was after they beat Oklahoma City. Like they're they're just they're gassed right now. The Bucks have played uh, in since January 29th. They've played 14 games in 25 days, um, including uh, I think one or two back to backs. They've basically been playing every other day for the last four weeks, which is that's a grind. Plus, you throw in the fact that they had that five game uh, West road trip, um, and they haven't really been able to practice to work on anything, and they've missed holiday eight straight games. So as ugly as those last couple games were against Toronto. If you kind of factor all that stuff in, you, it's a little understandable. It's kind of like what you said with the T Wolves. Like when you got all these injuries, you got dudes sick. You're going to have a shitty record. It's just the way it is this year. But um, the Bucks are they're they're still trying a lot of new stuff, and I would urge everybody that watches the Bucks routinely. Watch the rotations on who's who's playing with who and when. Watch the the shooting percentages. Um, those are the kind of things, and and try to watch watch how they're covering the three point line defensively. Those are kind of some things that they're tweaking. That if you're just kind of a casual fan, you don't necessarily notice. You're just kind of like, wow, they're you know they're making a ton of threes, or they're not making a ton of threes, but. Those are the kind of things to keep your eye on where you can maybe see a little bit of improvement for later in the year and into the playoffs. I think everybody's record this year is just going to be kind of goofy. You know, Bucks 18 and 13, Boston's 15 and 15, Miami's below 500. Um, the Jazz are 25 and 6. Right. You know, the Pelicans are below 500, so there's just been a lot of weirdness with injuries and people being out. And then you throw in just the typical load management crap, and then you just throw in the general weirdness of the travel restrictions, the restrictions at the arena. Some places have fans, some places don't. So I had to kind of calm myself down a little bit last week during the five game trip and remind myself of all those things because it's you know you're watching these games, you're like Jesus Christ, like Toronto's just beating their ass, and they shouldn't be. They're not a more talented team. And then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, maybe they are. This roster of the Bucks is not what it was the last couple of years. Um, Holiday's a better player than Bledsoe, but, you know, the Bucks five legit pros. Wes Matthews, Robin Lopez, George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, and Ursan. They all, were on the gone. team last yep. year. Dudes that had been 10-year pros. They just handled their business. They're gone. 
and you replace them with younger guys and in some cases less talented guys. So there's been an adjustment. Um, you know, you've got a couple guys underperforming. Brooke Lopez is not playing well, shooting about 30% from three. He's kind of been non-existent defensively because the league kind of has figured that system out and exposed it a little bit. Um He's having a little bit of a rough go of it, but the one thing about this team that kind of drives me nuts the most is they're such a finesse team. Like, Giannis tries to be a tough guy once in a while, but he's not. Like, Giannis ain't fighting nobody. His brother might fight somebody, Thanasis. Mm-hmm. He's kind of nuts. Giannis ain't <laughs> fighting nobody. They don't really have a tough guy, you know, and... Yeah, Giannis's brother could be a little bit of that, but he don't play. I would have thought that would have been Lopez. Yeah, but he's not. He's a he's a he's, he's, he's a finesse. He's, the goofy... he's a finesse big guy. Yeah, his brother's more of the bully, Robin. Robin, okay. You know, he's the one that will push you around a little bit. Um, but they got five games left before the All Star break, which is I think the first. I think March sixth. I think yeah, is the March sixth. Um, the reserves just came out. Let me pull it up here. Yep. Well, I, I mean, I immediately scanned him and looked for a buck, and there is not one to be seen. Harden, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic in the East are the reserves. Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis. The West reserves, Davis won't play. They'll probably put Devin Booker in for Davis. That'd be my guess. So, yeah, I mean, it's too bad for Middleton. He's having a pretty good year, but... You know, the Bucks are – people have been a little disappointed in the Bucks this year. Okay. So, um, we'll see. All right. Um, some other NBA notes. Anthony Davis got hurt. Uh, now he's out for a month? Yeah. It's a, it's a calf Achilles. It's, it sounds like it's kind of something similar to what Durant had Ooh. a couple of years ago Ooh, where he with, had with the, the calf Achilles. problem, yeah. and that usually that bleeds down. So, they're shutting him down for probably a good month, and – you know, with the Lakers, I don't think they give a shit what seed they get. Right. It just doesn't really matter. Um, you know, as long as they make the playoffs and as long as LeBron doesn't get burned out, which I don't think will happen because he's too smart to burn himself out at this point in his career. But, yeah, it's, you know, that's another team, I think, that has a possibility of having kind of a weird record when the year's over. You're going to look and you're going to go, the Lakers are the five seed? But... You know, that's just, that's 2021. Everything just seems to be weird so far. Um, The Nets had kind of a slow start after they made that trade. Now they seem to have hit their stride a little bit, and they've moved up to second in the East. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they went out west and, you know, beat the hell out of, I think, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns. Three pretty good teams. Three of the top four west teams. And uh, Durant's only played. He, I don't even think he played on the road trip. It was all Kyrie and Harden for the okay. most part. So uh, you mentioned the Jazz with the best record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good team. They got good players. I mean, Mike Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. I mean, those guys guys been around. They're good players, man. Yeah. You know, and the in Utah is just it's, it's Utah. It's like one of the toughest places to play. Right. So, um, and then. A lot of teams in the mix looking at towards the halfway point, even like past the top three, four through 12, there's not a lot of separation there. So when the second half schedule comes out, I guess we'll be curious how that log jam separates itself. It's going to be very interesting. And the East, the bottom of the East for the play-in round that they're going to have this year, 
Um, could be kind of fun. I don't think, I mean, whoever wins out and makes the playoffs, it's not going to matter. They're going to get beat in the first round anyway, most likely, <laughs> with the exception of maybe Miami. But, you know, right now you've got uh, Indiana at 15 and 14, Toronto 16, 15, Boston's 500, Knicks 15 and 16, Chicago's got 14 wins, Charlotte 14 wins, Miami 14 wins, Atlanta and Orlando 13 wins. So everybody from 4 to 12 is really bottled up there and, you know, there's a couple surprises. I mean, right now in a normal year, the Knicks are the seven seed and the Bulls are the eight seed. Um, I'm a little surprised by the Knicks. I'm not that surprised by the Bulls. They actually got they got a real basketball coach now. That's what I was just going to say. You know, Billy Donovan, the guy won two national titles at Florida. He knows I, what the hell he's doing. I don't know anything about Kobe White. I know Levine's a good player. Um, they haven't, I mean, the marketing thing, is he's, I mean, they have He's just he's just a he's just a tall, soft jump shooter. That's it. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be tall. And then uh, Thad is it Thad Young? Mm-hmm. He's he's okay. So I he's mean, been around. It seems like they have a decent core. Well, Levine's having a great year. I mean, he made the All Star team for the first time. Um, I don't really like his game, but uh, he's putting up numbers. Okay. So, all right. Um, we'll we'll get back to some of the. We'll just kind of do some encompassing basketball stuff right at the end. Um, we'll we get back much to got, that. Well, we got a little bit of baseball at the end, yeah. too, but most of this is basketball um, anyway. And, and we can roll through college hoops because there's really not a lot of great things to no. say about the Badgers. They're they're almost close to dropping out of the top 25. They've split, I think, for the last, what did I read, six weeks or something like that. They've split their games one and one. Um, they lost against Michigan. Um Iowa, and then they beat Northwestern. That was going to be one of the ones. Like, if you drop that one, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, you can you can say those are legit losses against good teams, mm-hmm. Iowa and Michigan. Um, and now they get a rematch with Illinois on Saturday. But I don't know. I said this, uh, I think it was last week or maybe the week before. This is a year, and I, I'm, I don't mind watching the Badgers. I usually like watching Badger basketball. I'm just not that interested in, in it this year, and I can't put a finger on it. I just don't know why. Hmm. Are they just not exciting? Well, they're never very exciting. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean. I think the lack of fans, maybe. I don't know. The, just the And you don't know engagement. anybody. You don't know anybody on the other teams anymore. No, that's true, too. Um, I mean, Johnny Davis looks, I mean, I'm curious about because he's over by, you know, where Jane grew up. So, I mean, he's an in-state guy. Um, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing what Reavers could do. Yeah. That hasn't been anything. No. Potter's coming off the bench now sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Davison, he has gone from one of these really come in, hardworking guys, fans love him, and now as his career's prog- progressed in Wisconsin, I've just grown to not really wanting to watch him play anymore. Johnny Davis? No, 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 uh, Davison. Oh, Davison. Yes. Gotcha. No, I, I mean, I, I, I know he's never been your guy. I, I watched him one game and was right. like, I'm, I've had enough of this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's been, Trice seems like he's been having a decent year. Ford, I mean, I remember two years ago, people were, like, wanting him to leave Madison. Mm-hmm. Pack up your shit and get out of here. I mean, he's been okay, but it's it just seems just so, so weird and frustrating with this team. Well, Ford is this team's version of Iverson from a couple years ago. Where it's like, the first three years, you can't stand him, and then he's a senior, and he'll have a couple games. And that's kind of what's happened. Ford's had a couple games. But for the most part, he's kind of nondescript. He's just kind of out there. He doesn't kill you. Doesn't kill you. Doesn't really help you that much. He's just kind of out there. 
But yeah, the Badgers are pretty much a 500 team the last two months. Um, you know, they blew the Michigan game. They had it. Yep. They blew oh, it. Big time. You know, Iowa kicked their ass. They can't match up with Iowa. They got too much shooting, and Garza is a problem. I mean, Potter had a decent game against him, but Garza still got his 30. Um, and then obviously beating a pretty shitty Northwestern team. Yes. But th- this Badger team, more so than some in the most recent years, they really, really struggle against teams with athletes. They just do. I mean, Brad Davidson seems like the 120 games at the college level that he's played and with his style of play, whether I like it or not, I think it's taken its toll on him. I think he's pretty beat up. I mean, just he doesn't have the explosiveness. Um, his shot is not as, as crisp as it once was. It was never, you know, he wasn't J.J. Redick. But he just looks he looks old. He looks old for a college guy right now. Um Reavers is disappointed. He's not he hasn't been right all year. And uh, you know, Johnny Davis, he's been he's had his moments, but it's funny. I hear a lot of, I was reading a lot of Badger people saying like, Oh, they need to get the ball down the stretch to Johnny Davis during the and it's like he's a fucking Fresh, freshman. freshman. He's a he's a freshman that on a really good team, he's not playing. Or barely playing, and you want to run plays for him at the end of the game in the Big Ten? Like, no, that's a that's that's why you're not the coach. I read something either late last week or maybe it was early last week. Like, normally on any given year, having two bigs on the floor with Potter and Reavers, you'd be able to do some damage, and they just can't do that this year. And I, I mean, is it because well, it's cause Reavers can't shoot? Well, and is it also because everybody's just more athletic and they can't match up? So they can't afford to have both of those guys well, on the it, floor at the it, same time? It is a little tougher defensively because one of them is going to have to play on the wing. That's what I mean. But offensively, the, where the Badgers have really thrived over the years with the two big guys is one of them has been able to consistently make jump shots. And Reavers has just not shot the ball that well this year. So, I don't know. I, I They got two games left after this week. They got Illinois Saturday. Um, they got Iowa left and then... I can't remember who else. I don't remember. Somehow they're still ranked. Somehow Lenardi <laughs> still has them a five seed, which I don't know. I, it tells you, in you know, I'm not I'm not knocking the Badgers here per se. Seth it just Davis tells you that ranked in the middle of his rank, and I'm like, but it just shows the weakness, the, the 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 lack of depth okay. in college basketball anymore. It's it's just not great. Okay. Um, Speaking of lack of depth, yes. Marquette still sucks. <laughs> I like I, I brought that up at the broadcast table when you got there, like uh, earlier la- late last week. Because like, oh, that's cool. They'll play the you know they started a game with UNC. They're both terrible. Yeah, they are. That your your immediate response. I was like, okay, as a non as as just a casual fan, a non diehard. I'm like, okay, I'll watch that. It's a blue blood against you know a Marquette. I'm like, okay, you, you got me for this. Any but- other year, I'd be very excited for it. If it was earlier this year, I would have been. But at this point, no, nah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Marquette's ten and twelve, six and ten in the Big East. They're ninth out of eleven teams. Um, got absolutely run out of the gym by Villanova. Lost by thirty, and then lost by six at Seton Hall. Did beat Butler, who is atrocious and the worst team in the Big East. Marquette's beat them twice, which so you got that going for you, which is nice. Wednesday at Carolina, Saturday at UConn. If this was two thousand and four, holy you go. shit, what a week! Right? Yes, 
What a week that would have been. But what what is what is UConn? UConn's okay. okay. I think they're on the tournament bubble. Okay. But uh it's their first year back in the Big East. I expect them with Danny Hurley as the coach, they'll get better progressively. Right. But yeah, I mean North Carolina, I think right now they're they're still in the tournament, but you know, Marquette will most likely get whipped in both those games. And then after this, they got two games left and they'll play probably one tournament game in the Big East and that'll be it. So if so, the, I don't even know if the Big East is having their tournament since it's New York. It's usually played at the Garden. I don't even know what the hell's going well, on. Well, I mean, they could obviously move it like they moved the Big Ten tournament. They could. I mean, you know, that, they moved to the same place as the NCAA tournament because, uh, I mean, you have it centralized, and the teams that most of them at this point that play in the Big Ten tournament are going to stay there because they're going to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got bracketology here. They've got ten Big Ten teams predicted to make the dance. Yep. That's a lot, and you've got two top five teams that just played this weekend, Michigan. Good Ohio game State. too. I watched almost yeah. that whole game. <laughs> Both those teams are damn good. Michigan, yeah. Michigan's legit. That's a legit title contender. You've got five teams predicted to make it out of the Big East. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas is down at a four. Actually, they're up. They were six oh, last time. Really? So they've they've jumped up a little bit. Okay. Carolina wasn't even in the tournament. They're up to a nine. And then uh, still no Duke or Kentucky. When was the last time both of those in the same season didn't make the tournament? Duke and Kentucky? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 60s, 50s? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's... But you you and I were talking about this the other day. I think when either we were going to or or from a game. Um, it's the system that these that these places have now done with some of these one-and-dones that it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, you're going to get burned. Case in point, you've got down years for these teams, mm-hmm. and 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 you just can't bounce back. Well, I mean, it's really, I mean, you look at like a program like Wisconsin, basketball or football, really. I mean, football is a little different because there's so many more people, but like they have a program, right? You know, the Badger basketball team they recruit a certain type of player, yes, because they have their core principles, and that's what they do. The Badger football team recruits a certain kind of lineman and a certain kind of back, you know, a certain kind of uh, DNs or whatever it might be to fit their system. Places like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Arizona, um, they kind of just recruit. They recruit talent. And then when the talent gets there, then it's up to their Hall of Fame coach to figure it out. And why you're all some of these guys now are getting up there. They're getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> you know, I mean, Coach K's mid-70s. Bayheim's in his 70s. Roy Williams is in his 70s. Um, you know, these guys, I think Calipari's in his 60s. I mean, these guys aren't kids anymore. So to be able to just get these 18-year-olds that are 40, 50 years younger than you to buy into what you're trying to sell when at the end of the day they're only looking out for themselves. Case in point. And we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, it's just it really shows the contrast. And, you know, and that's one of those things, too, where, you know, we've talked about it with the football program for the Badgers, and and I think the basketball program for the Badgers and Marquette both fall under this. Like, you have to know who you are. And as a fan base, you have to know who your team is that you're rooting for. Like you're not rooting for Alabama football. They're not. The Badgers are not going to be in the conversation to make the uh, the playoff every year. 
Not every year. It's not who they are. Once every five or six years, they might have an opportunity where if things go well, they got a chance. And they'll blow it. Well, but, 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 but you're you at least a, but, in the conversation. But you're in the conversation, yeah. and that's due to your program. Same thing with the basketball. Badgers can make a couple Final Fours. They had a chance to win a national title. It didn't work out for them. Um, but you're still consistently in the tournament. Boom, boom, year after year after year, and that's due to your program. You cannot like the program. You cannot like the way they play or the kind of people they recruit, but the program and the way they do it has been successful in what the expectations are because the expectations aren't to win national titles every year. It's to compete for the opportunity Build it up so that you can peak at the right time Correct. and hopefully win some games and catch some people, and then you'll be able to compete. But we live in the Midwest. We live in Wisconsin. You're just not going to year in and year out attract that kind of talent, and you also don't have the tradition that some of these other places do. So, All right, so we talked about kids looking out for themselves, and the big story about that was a guy that we saw for a couple of games uh, from Sun Prairie, Jalen Johnson, before he took off. And he went to Nicolay, and then he won a state championship with them, predictably. And then he went down to IMG Academy, and then he—I don't think he even played a game for them. Mm-mm. And then he came back to Nicolay, and I think he was like trying mid-season. mid-season. Yeah. He played um, a couple games before the shutdown. Yeah, yeah. And now he goes to Duke. He has a good first game. He has some injury stuff. He's up and down. He was recently coming off the bench, and he finally said. F this, I'm done, I'm going to prepare for the draft. And there's only a couple of games left in the season, and you got the tournament coming up. Duke's not looking at making the NCAA. Who knows what's happening in the ACC, whatever. But it's like, there's really, people have landed on opposite sides of this. Well, there's two sides. There's there's the over 30-year-olds and the under 30-year-olds, basically. And Jay Billis, he can go with the under 30-year-olds. <laughs> Um, you know, he quit. I, I, I mean, you can, it you can put lipstick on a pig. He, it, he quit. Yeah. You know, um, that would be my interpretation. If he's got a foot injury. Okay. Um, but I, I why okay. is he, why did he not sit on the bench then? Are well, you, but he's not part of the team anymore. So. All the excuses of, well, he hasn't cleaned out his locker, because I heard Jay Billis saying this, well, he hasn't cleaned out his locker, and he's still getting looked at by the Duke doctors. And it's like, okay, but he quit. He's not playing. He's not practicing. He's not sitting on the bench. He's not going to road games. Then why is he in the He's probably not going to class. I don't know why the university would still be paying for his medical stuff. If he doesn't want to be there, then go hire your own doctors. Um but, you know, the under-30 crowd thinks there's nothing wrong with that and you have to do what's in your best interest, which is part of the problem in this world right now is that nobody thinks about anybody else's interest but their own. Correct. And you see this a lot in basketball because of the money and it's an individual sport wrapped up in a team sport. And, you know, you've got this past history, as you just laid out, of quitting teams. And you also have a history of... You left Sun Prairie. You made state. You got beat. You left Sun Prairie. But the next also, year they made the state finals. He also left Sun Prairie on a not a great note because of the way that Coach Booth. Yeah, he didn't like the way the game. That the game, title game, right? It was the semi game. Yeah, oh, was it? it was okay. the semi. All right. So they lose that game. He leaves. 
He goes to Nicolay, wins his little D2 title, playing against all the white kids in the Milwaukee suburbs. And he's got a couple of his AAU yep. buddies on that team. Congratulations. Right. And in the meantime, Sun Prairie goes to the state title game in D1. So I actually did better without you. Then with Duke, you know, he, he in the in the Notre Dame game, which was five games ago, he played 15 minutes off the bench, Duke loses. The next game is against NC State. He plays eight minutes off the bench, Duke wins. Then he quits. Since then, Duke's won four in a row. <laughs> Jim Beheim, who's never been shy about voicing his opinion, came out and said, good riddance to the kid. They don't need him, and they'll be better without him because he was blocking some kids that should have been playing. Um, that seems to have bared out so far. Duke is now right on the bubble for the tournament. And, you know, we've, you know, we've been on teams and we played at different levels, but we've been on teams. And when, when a guy on your team lets you down, it's really the worst thing that can happen in that team dynamic relationship. And I don't know how, any of those kids on the team, I mean, you can say all the right things and like, yeah, he's just doing what he's doing, but it's like, dude, really? You couldn't have just stuck this out for another month? Like, like, if the doctors told you, if you continue to play on it, it's going to affect your career down the road, I get it. I get it. But we haven't heard that, and you could still be a part of the team. There's been a lot of guys over the years that have gotten hurt and know they're not coming back for the next year that are still a part of their team. And unfortunately, him and his parents or whoever, his AAU coach, have decided that this is the best route for him. Um, I, you know, buyer beware of any NBA franchise that's Absolutely. going to select him in the top 10 because he will be a top 10 pick. Um, I was frankly pretty underwhelmed with his play anyway this year. Um, he had a couple, he had like two huge games. The rest of the games, he didn't do that much. You know, 10 points, five or six rebounds. This dude's a top 10 recruit in the country. It's going to be a lottery pick. You would expect more of that. We watched him in high school very selectively, and I guess the one thing that I noticed is that he did what he wanted when he wanted to. Mm. It was just too good. He was, if, he, if he was motivated, he probably could have had 40 or 50. It reminds me a lot of Reese Gaines when who I used to play against. Like, Reese would play full games and not even tie his shoes just because he could. Because <laughs> right. he's like, fuck it, I get 25 in my sleep. And that's kind of how Jalen Johnson was. Yeah, I mean, like, he played hard when he needed to. Like, in the state title game a couple years ago, he was fantastic. You know, you're like, holy shit, this is one of the best high school players Wisconsin's ever produced. But, yeah, you know, who told him no in his life until he got to Duke? Nobody. Nobody. So, you know, I have to think that it was very, very much basketball-related why he's no longer with the program. I think that him not starting, him not playing as many minutes as he thinks, him not being maybe the focal point, and them also not winning all contributed along with him having some kind of a foot injury. I think all that contributed him to him leaving. I just think that he could have went about it a better way, in my opinion. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. No. Just my opinion. Well, I think you've basically summed up all my entire feelings on that in, entire thing. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to no, say no, no. all your points. No, we're we're in we're in lockstep on that. And I'm I'm I have always been a team 
guy before an individual, and like I, I, I really like your description of basketball being an individual sport wrapped up in team totally, play. Totally is. And we've seen that a lot at the high school level this year where because kids are now able to get immediate feedback on their performances and get accolades, and the more that they do for themselves, the more that stuff comes knocking on their door, and that kind of pumps them up a little bit, which then propels the cycle to get even bigger. And sooner or later, it's that guy over the team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't translate well for team success it's more a, often than not. It's almost like you're playing a, a, a tennis match against the guy that's guarding you, but you're also on the Davis Cup team. You know what I'm saying? Like you, You're trying to win your individual matchup, and yeah, if we win the whole thing, great, but I won mine. Right. And that's, or, you're, or you're on the Ryder Cup for golf, and it's like, you know, Stricker versus uh, Colin Montgomery. Stricker's only worried about beating Colin He's not worried about the team. Right. He's only worried. That's just not how sports are supposed to work. Because afterwards, when the whole thing is done, the player's not going to point out that they beat the other country. They're going to point out that they won their match. Right. Yeah. Them first, team second. Yeah, it's a sad way we're at right now with with yep. sports and especially with basketball. It's I don't like it at all. Do you want to jump into the to baseball? You want to get jump back into the some of the basketball yeah, stuff? Yeah, let's wrong. hit the baseball all right. stuff quick. All right, we'll circle back around to some more basketball thoughts before we wrap it up. Um, <laughs> Tatis Junior. Jesus, holy shit! That is a half a billion dollar infield. That's unbelievable because and. Like I felt bad for the for the Padres. They spend all this money, and then the Dodgers would go out and do something, and be like, "Oh, that was neat. Watch this. Mm-hmm. You guys think you're gonna? This is gonna be your year. You're gonna you're gonna compete. Uh, well, mm-mm. we'll see your whatever you just did, and we'll raise you this. I mean, and it's cool to see. But then you look at the Central and what's predicted to happen up and down with those teams, and you're like, "This is miserable. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what." Investing your team and spending a bunch of money looks like okay, and I get it. It's market size. It's coast baseball. There, it's apples and oranges for sure. But at the same time, you just see it and you're just like, "Well, this is disappointing." I wouldn't even want anybody on this a 14 year, 340 million dollar contract. There's no way you're playing that out. No, There's um, no way. Even the 10 year one that Machado got from them a couple years ago, I thought was too long. Absolutely. The, the Pujols one when the, he got with the Angels was way too long. Which is funny because I just saw today, did you know that this is his last yeah. year of that deal? Yep. And his wife kind of hinted that he's going to retire after this year. Right. Like, I thought there was no way he was going to play that out. But he dropped down. He's playing on the West Coast. His numbers weren't whatever. And you just kind of forgot about well, it. All right. That's the Other thing. Guys, he, he played it out. Right. You know. Other guys have come to the forefront now where I saw... Oh, yeah, Albert Pujols is still in the league. Jesus, is at the end of that contract. But I don't think that's happening here. So I read something very strange about this. When Tatis was in the minors, he signed a contract with this agency, okay? And, like, the agency gave him, like, $250,000 up front to sign with him or whatever it was. And by signing with them... They got or this company, and th- and I'm not talking about like his 
agent agent. This is like something else. A sports agency. Some, I don't even know if it's that. It's just he signed with this company, and they gave him like $250,000. And what they get on the back end is they get like 5% of every major league contract he signs. Oh, my God. So, like, whoever this company was when they saw that, they must have just been drooling over this free money. You turn, like, a quarter of a million into... Did you do the math? However many million. No, I'm not going to do that. There is no math in this fucking... I can't. <laughs> There's no math in this podcast. Are you crazy? Well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Spring training. Um, I mean, I don't first know. First games this weekend, right? Correct. Wow. So- Sox exhibition. I got this the spring training schedule today from the Brewers Radio Network and looking at games there. It's very weird what opposing ballparks are allowing and what they're not because normally all the spring training games are on the Brewers Radio Network generally. Pretty much, yeah. 90, Most of them. 90, yeah. 95%. Yeah. There's maybe 60, 65%. Really? Just over half. Huh. Because I'm trying to lay out some games, and it's like there's not there's not that many that are on the air. And I, I haven't looked at the schedule to see whether it's away, but I know that that was one of the things that they were talking about is that some maybe away media is not going to be allowed. For, even in the Cactus League when everybody's in the Phoenix area. Hmm. So that, that that that's kind of odd. In the last uh, couple of weeks, Brewers signed Colton Wong. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It's a good signing. Two years, eighteen million, gold glove second baseman. Um, that certainly fills a a need there. You needed some some better feeling on the right side of your infield, but well, the th- biggest thing that does is that shifts here to first base. Correct. So if you can cut down on the strikeouts and you can teach the guy to play a corner. Oh. Hopefully that will work itself out. I'm nervous about this. Well, what else do you got? You got Vogelback. Yeah, I know. Well, you it's, ha- it's that or Vogelback. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can. I don't. I just don't think you can long term have Hira at a at a middle infield spot. I just. I think he has to play first. Yeah. I'm just not sure how good he's going to be there because he's a small guy. He's a smaller guy. Um, he's a round Prince Fielder size, but. <laughs> You know, Prince Fielder played first base his whole life. Right. So I think you got to factor that in, too. But we'll see. I mean, hopefully his bat will offset. That's what I mean. His limitations. You, you got to start hitting the ball. But, man, Arcia, get them throws up, boy. Don't be making your uh, your boy here dig any BBs out of the ground over there. Dude, playing first is, I mean, it's no comparison. I played first my whole baseball mm-hmm. and softball career. It is not fun when you've got a routine ball to shortstop and you see it and you're you see it leave the guy's hand and there's there's no fucking way that's making it to me right. on, on the fly. Right now, what the hell am I gonna am I gonna backhand? <laughs> am I gonna open up? Yeah. Am I gonna get down on a knee? How I gotta go left? I gotta go right? Jesus Christ! How hard is it just to make a routine ground ball throw to first? Please. So hopefully they don't give him too much grief. And then, um, well, speaking of uh, Arcia Urias. I was kind of shocked to see that they're going to give Urias another first crack at shortstop. I was too. I was too. I mean, it seems like a, we gave up a lot to get you. We have to prove why. Right. And if you're RC, it's like, what do I got to do again? I took a pay cut to stay here. Right. And this dude was injured and I had a great year Mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. Considerably, you know, considering. Well, and, and council had even said about RC playing third. And I thought, well, Urias better be a goddamn wizard at short then. 
Right. Because R.C. is pretty damn good. Yes, he he's is. not the best, but he's no. pretty damn good. Yes, he is. Um, You know, I mean, the Brewers have liked to use the trope of we can't really count last year. Yes. I've heard it with Narvaez, with Garcia, with Urias. Yelich. Yelich. It's, it's, they keep saying the same thing. You know, 100 at-bats, 150 at-bats, it's it's too small of a sample size. All right, well, cool, but if Urias hits nine home runs in April, I don't want to hear about it. Right. Because it's too small a sample size. <laughs> and then he'll end the season with 12. Exactly. So, like, I don't want to hear about it. Right. Because I'm, I'm just I, – I don't have anything against Urias. I, I hope he's a good player. Um, but, you know, you got to be careful, you know, Chemistry and all that stuff is pretty fickle at the at the professional level, especially. And like I said, RC took a pay cut and had a pretty damn good year last year. Um, you know, I don't think he's just going to be super okay with splitting time with this dude. You know, and and the other thing that happened, they brought Shaw back. Right, got him off the bargain bin because he got dumped by Toronto. So I mean, I mean, you had an opening. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get it too. But, but now, which shot are you going to get? So now, is it like, is it a, is it a three man or four man merry go round with Shaw, Robertson, Urias, and Arcia? Are we going to have to fucking go into every game typical Brewer style, wondering who the hell's playing tonight? I would say yes, because it 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 takes me back to last year and the year before when you you don't know which combination of infield you're going to get, and it's not the guys who would play Tuesday through Saturday, and then all of a sudden you'd get a Sunday start to give the other guys a rest with the day off coming up on Monday. Like, this was every other game yep. some sort of a change. Yeah. You know, and, and like you had mentioned, you pointed out the last couple of years, you get a guy that has a hot hand for like three or four games, and he's just starting to boot, and then you bench him. You know, in favor of somebody else just to give the guy. Wait, what do you mean he needs a break? He's on fire. Well, look, it's. it's yeah, But we're all concerned about matchups now. It's just like what we were talking about with the Badgers and, and the basketball and the football team. This is the Brewer program. This is what they do. I don't love it, um, but they've made the playoffs three years in a row. So that's their. that's their. If you say you don't like it, that's the comeback. Well,. I don't know. I, I just – it's not the way I, I like to watch baseball. Like, right. and I don't know. Baseball, it just – I want to I want to still love it. I still love the Brewers. I still want to love baseball. It's so goddamn boring. They are trying to make it more appealable for a younger generation. At the same time, do you think by the way they're doing that, are they alienating the more longer-term fans? Well – what do you mean by the way they're doing it? Like allowing more of like the individuality? Different rules, speed up the game. They're trying to get the younger generation that doesn't have the attention see, span see, I think, that maybe you and I can just sit and we'll sit on the couch for an hour and a half or two and watch six innings of the game. Where they'll like, well, I'm going to watch maybe an inning or two. Well, we want you to, we want you to get more. Well, at the same time, they're like, why are you doing all this stuff to... Fuck up the game that I know. I was completely happy the way it was. Now what are you doing? Are they are they trading? Are they robbing Peter to pay Paul? I guess. Well, I I don't I don't know that people think baseball's boring because it's too long. Okay. At least at least the people that I know that are baseball fans like 
that's not usually the gripe. And I know, like you said, they've tried to, you know, speed up between the innings, and they don't want guys stepping out all the time out of the box. Timers they want for pitcher, timers yeah. for pitchers, and like that's Normal. all fine. And I don't think old hardcore baseball fans. I mean, you're never going to please everybody, but I don't think people care that much about that stuff. I'm just saying the game itself is boring. What? Nothing happens. Okay, so you want... There's, there's too much reliance. It, it goes back to the over-reliance on the home run and the efficiency crap. It's like walks and homers are boring. Like, they just are. I'm sorry. Like, triples are fun. Doubles in the gap are fun. Um, tagging up from third is fun. Hit and runs, bunts, double steals. Like, Everything that they did in baseball for the first hundred years that we all grew up on and the reason why it was the most popular sport in this country wasn't because of home runs. It was because the game was entertaining. It was fun. Stuff happened. There was action. There's not that much action in baseball. There's way too many strikeouts, and there's too many home runs. It's, anal- it's, it's feast or famine. Analytics has told them that all that shit that you said that you really like it's is not, not in their best it's, interest. It's not efficient. Right. We, do, 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 forget whether or not it's appealing to watch. No. We stand more chances to win games by doing this other stuff. Correct. And I get that. But Major League Baseball, that's not their concern. That I get that the team thinks that way. But the league, they have to think differently. Right. They've got to find a way to... You know, just create more action and more things happening during the game because, you know, there's just not enough. Walk, watching guys walk back to the dugout with their bat on their shoulders, <laughs> not that fun. Right. You know? Yep. All right. Let's um, I let's put a bow on, on baseball. I was reading a couple of things and seeing some things on Twitter that have seen the Brewers – predicted to get second in the division behind the Cardinals. You've seen some some publications that have predicted them to win the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around like the 90-win uh, range. Wow. Is, well, are, are you, you get to play the, You get to play the Pirates like 18 times, and I think Vegas predicted them to win like 58 games. So they're atrocious. Okay. The Reds are bad. The Cubs are trying to be bad. So they might win. You know, the winner of the division might win 90 games, but... You know, whether it's the Brewers or the Cardinals remains to be seen. I, I think the Brewers, um, are, are they having the second? Is the second wild card? How many wild cards? How many people make the playoffs now, teams? I don't even know. Like, do you have to win your division? Can you get third? I don't even know anymore. That's part of the other problem with I baseball. I like, couldn't answer What the you. fucking rules? <laughs> right. DH this, no. Yeah, no, I I But I, I think don't know. the Brewers will be in the mix for the playoffs like okay. they've been the last couple of years, but I don't think they're any kind of a real contender, especially when you see what teams like the Dodgers and the Padres have done. Okay. All so. right. Uh putting a bow on baseball, the five percent of this agency will get from Tatis Jr.'s contract is seventeen million dollars. Yeah. Not bad. Wow. With a two hundred and some odd thousand dollar investment, that's a pretty good return on your money. Yeah, I'd say somebody's going to be buying a yacht and taking and uh, taking a couple vacations. I would imagine. Yeah. All right. Um, let's save the basketball wrap up for stuff. Go over your uh, Janesville Craig's hoops classics. Yeah. Quick. Uh, last game going up tonight. All right. Uh, it is uh, Craig Beloit uh, Regionals nineteen ninety nine. So that'll okay. be the last one that I've got. I I might be able to scrounge up a couple more. We'll see. I'll have to dig through some stuff at my parents, see if I missed anything. 
Um, but uh, got pretty good feedback. People seem to enjoy it. And it's nice, like you mentioned, they're showing these high school basketball games on YouTube. Once you search Janesville Craig, all your stuff pops up, including one, and I didn't catch the name of it, but they have a screenshot of whatever game they're having. It's just you front and center. It's probably the West game that right, I just right on up. the front. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, all right, all right. That's Janesville Craig Hoops Classics. Uh, check it out on YouTube. You and I have been through a lot of basketball this year. Um, you watch way more than anybody that I know. Um, yeah, I got something wrong with me. You, <laughs> you, you played at a level that most players haven't, and then you're just a student of the game. You like to keep up with it. And you're right now not really loving where the state of the game rests. And you have some reasons for that. So I will let you take the floor. Yeah, and I uh, I have to be honest. I, I'm stealing this from a different podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and he, and he had Ryan Rossillo on, and they were talking about the NBA and they kind of started discussing the state of the league and they were obviously just talking about the NBA, but you know, it kind of goes with a little bit with the high school stuff that we deal with. Um, the, the, and this doesn't even really have as much to do with the players themselves as it does just the game because the players, I think now for the most part, they're more skilled than guys were 20 years ago. That's just, that's just how sports work. But the flopping, the the over reliance on threes, um, you know, in the NBA, the officiating night in and night out is bad. Um, the resting of the players, instant replay, and how they use it and how long it takes. Um, you know, the the player movement from team to team in the NBA, like somebody like me, for the most part, I know who's on what team. I know the inner workings of, of league news. For somebody like you that just casually watches the Bucks, like you you don't know night to night with who they're playing, like who's even on the other team no. because of the uh, the player movement. You know the star, of course, but like some of the ancillary pieces, you're like, oh wait, wasn't that guy in the Bulls last year? Right. Oh wait, wasn't that guys guy on the Lakers? Guys that I've heard of, yeah, but I don't track their movements. But they're just it's it's all this constant player movement. Um, but you know. It's turned into soccer. It's How do it's you it's mean? it's too much flopping. Guys kicking their legs out. You know, in the NBA, they came out with that rule where like you can't close out on a shooter and get in their landing area, right. or it's an intentional foul. Players now, you know, the old the old rule in basketball was always you got two steps to get a layup. Well, now they get two steps to dribble backwards to shoot like a three pointer. Like it's just. It's not a great game. There's no flow. The um, the instant replay is terrible. Like in college, is just as bad. Like the they, when they have to stop these games because they think Brad Davidson hook and hold on a guy on a rebound. It's like, what the hell is this? We're like, like I've been watching basketball for th- almost forty years. Where were all like the shoulder separations from this move? Where were they? I've never seen it happen ever. Why are we? Why is this a rule? We have to stop the game and take five minutes out to look at this. You know, like if you want to review 
an end of the clock? Did he beat the shot clock buzzer? Was his toe on the three-point line? I get it. But, like, you get to the last four or five minutes of these NBA games, it's a crawl. Because they're reviewing everything, and the players are constantly bitching. And we're even seeing that trickle down. You don't see the bitching as much in college, because the college coach, college basketball coaches are lunatics. <laughs> they're fucking lunatics. 95% of them are nuts. They yell at the referee so much, the players don't even have a chance. But at the NBA level, they're constantly bitching about everything. And we're even seeing it now more and more at the high school level. Saw and it last weekend. We really saw it in the regional final game, Monona Grove and Parker, where Monona Grove's point guard, decent player, basically went into the lane and threw his body into people, and when he didn't get a foul call, he bitched. Palms, Palms to the air, yep. shrugging his shoulders. Didn't get back on defense nope, complaining, because he was busy complaining. Yes, complaining about the call. And it's just like, it's it's such bad basketball, and it's unfortunate because, like I said, I think players for the most part are more skilled. But as we were talking beforehand, everybody looks the same. Everybody shoots the same. Like no like Reggie Miller, nobody would shoot like Reggie Miller now. Reggie Miller basically shot with two hands. Nobody would shoot that way. Locally here, Paul Zelmer, people probably remember. Paul Zelmer shot like a laser beam from his hip. Son of a bitch went in though. But if you go to these these guys around here that are are all about drill, 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 you know, we're gonna videotape your shot. And we're gonna break it down frame by frame, and we're gonna correct it. Well, everybody just everybody looks and plays the same now. the The individuality of the game isn't there what it used to be. I mean, I just like think about that Craig team, the the Craig boys team, and the, or even the Craig girls team we did this year. Every single kid on the team, with the exception of maybe one or two, they have the same shot and they all shoot threes. Right. That's what they do. That's it. They don't really have any other discernible basketball skills. A couple of them do. The good ones, they can do a couple other things. But most of these kids now, they can stand in the corner and make jump shots all day long. But they don't know the game. And I think that's what's missing at the youth level. And, you know, it's the youth sees what the pros do and they emulate it. And right now in the NBA, there's so much player empowerment. And threes. And and it's so much about efficiency, and it's so much about threes. And the league and the owners are scared to death of these guys. They don't want to change anything. I mean, I think back to, like, you know, when we were growing up with Magic and Bird in in the 80s, like, the scores, everybody was averaging over 100 a game. Right. Then you got into, like, the, the bad boy Pistons and the Knicks, Pat Riley's Knicks and those teams leading into the into the two thousands, all the games were in the nineties. You know, when Jordan was winning titles, like go back and look at his finals games. They weren't scoring 115 a game. They were scoring like 102. Then you got into like the Shaq Kobe era, and shortly after that, and go back and look at those games. Some of those games were in the eighties, and they just kind of got to become wrestling matches. So they changed the rules, but they went too far. And they've never been able to really reel it back in. And, you know, football kind of did the same thing with, I mean, how many guys now throw for 4,000 yards? Everybody does. Yes. It's not even an accomplishment. No. It's a, it, You look like shit if you don't now. It's an accomplishment if, if you have a running back who rushes for 1,000 yards. Right. Like before, it's like if you didn't, maybe you need to upgrade. 
Where now it's like that's not even a factor in your offense. So they've everything has just gone so far and tied in with baseball with homers. Everybody's gone so far to the side of efficiency, efficiency, offense, offense, that I think it's just kind of watered the game down. Well, and I think you also brought up a good point before we started recording was that, you know, you kind of showed me a regimen that somebody had sent you for, you know, a high school. And, and you and I had talked about some of this stuff when you were a youth that your, your high school coach would send down to the youth coaches and say, here's what I would like you guys to install and work on so that when your kids move up the levels, they are working on these things to be ready when they get here. We've heard from some of the football coaches in town, and I don't know what it's like on the basketball scene because I'm not as plugged in, but I would imagine it's probably the same way because you don't have a reliance on like a YMCA or Boys and Girls Club League anymore. Everybody's got a traveling team. All the coaches want to do different stuff that they think will be successful. And you've you've now got this at the Janesville youth football level into the middle school level where a lot of the high school coaches, they know that when these kids get to be freshmen, they're going to have to spend the first week going over fundamental stuff that they should have learned when they were in youth football. Mm-hmm. Like they use jargon and things and drills and the kids look at them with a blank stare like they're speaking in a foreign language. So you've either got a youth coach who's consumed with winning. Correct. Or you have the other side of the coin where we're not worried at all about that. We just want everybody to have fun. And to me, what's the goal here? Yes, it's to have fun when you're a kid. It's to go out. It's to play with your friends. But on the it's other to hand... teach you the game to keep you going. Teach you the game. Mm-hmm. Here's how the game is played. And if you want to keep going... Why can't we just throw the ball every time, Coach? Well, you can't because... Right. That's not the way Why it can't works. we just shoot threes every time, Coach? Well, because... You know, it not, just, not just worry about Billy. It's like... You know, and it goes back to the individual individuality thing. If my kid's good, we'll be fine in high school. He'll be fine. Well, that's not how we were when we were growing up. Like our, like I never had a dream of playing in the NBA. Like I had a dream of playing in college, playing at Craig, going to state, and being a good player, and hopefully being really successful with my buddies that I grew up with. I'm not sure that that's there that much anymore. I think we see it with the Parker kids sometimes. Sometimes they worry about their individuality too much. But sometimes, like this little run they're on in the tournament, we haven't seen that crop up. We've seen these guys as a group of seniors kind of figure out, like, all right, this is it. And nobody gives a shit but us. But it's also mentioned in the same breath that where they are now is the culmination of when they all started playing together. Right. When they were in third or fourth grade. Right. They don't and have now, kids transferring in. Right. And they now they're looking all to go elsewhere. Right. Yes. They have played together. Mm-hmm. And that that's mentioned in the same breath where it's like, I don't think a, some of these kids give a shit who their teammates are or what year they are in school or where they've played. I think it's well, just like they're going to throw five starters on the floor, bring in a couple guys off the bench, and we'll cobble it together. And it's all these kids that worry about all that individual stuff, and we can wrap on this because okay. we're getting kind of long. Yep. But all the kids that worry about that, and they spend all this money on, on clinics and, and specialization, and then they play AAU and all this, 
99% of these kids after high school, if they even continue their careers, they're playing D3. They're not even playing at schools as good as what as as the WEAC. They're playing at Carroll and Viterbo and St. Thomas and these these dinky little schools in the middle of nowhere. But my point is, is like college basketball is cool. It's fun. It's nothing like high school basketball. Nothing. Play there's nothing like playing with the dudes you grew up with. And if you're fortunate enough to play for a coach that you grow up with. Kind of, you know, idolizing more or less like we all did with Coach Suter. Yep. Um, it's just that it doesn't get better than that. The competition gets better and the accolades can get better and all that. But like, and I would say on the west side, that was if you're if you were in girls basketball, I want to yeah. go play for Claw. Yeah. I'm sure Misty. Look at the banners. I'm sure Misty Bass had a great time at Duke, and she probably I I can't remember. She probably even played in a Final Four. I guarantee you her most fond memories of playing basketball are playing with her friends from Janesville in that four-year run when they were going to state every year winning titles. Guarantee it. It's just there's something about it that is it's it's the best that you'll ever have. And, you know, most kids, and, and I was as guilty of it as anybody, you don't stop and smell the roses when it's happening because it's coming so fast. And, you're, and you are worried about, can I play in college? Where am I going to go to college? But... Man, and that's probably leading to some of your frustration seeing these programs and seeing these kids, and l- going back to your experiences and being like, some of these guys are doing it wrong. Yeah, I lived it, man. Like, y- you go to college and you like even at Whitewater, man. Like, nobody here gave a shit. Nobody in Janesville cared. You know, I mean, yeah, me and Aubrey, we, we played there and. You know, our picture might be in the paper yep. or something in a little article, but and people go, "Oh, that's nice," and they just go about their day. Nobody cares. Right. You don't figure that out until you're older. That is the intentional foul for this week. That's that was a, good, a lot of ranting. Yeah, no, that, no, it was good. It was all good thoughts. It was good stuff, as uh, my former general manager used to say. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, thank you for uh, listening, downloading, and subscribing. If enough happens, we'll be back next week with this because. Maybe we'll have games. Maybe we won't. Yeah. Who knows? Who Otherwise, knows? I get a month to cool out and figure out how many layers I'm going to wear for football in late March. Fantastic. Yeah. Watching kids slide around in the mud. Right. So, uh, as always, please tell your friends. Thank you. And uh, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Go Bucks.